plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are locked on Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are locked on Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. Thank you, as always, for listening and making the Locked On Network the fastest-growing podcast network in the world. And if you like what you're listening to at the end of this, please subscribe via iTunes and Android app. And please be sure to check out the rest of the great Locked On Network, which includes Locked On NFL, Locked On Fantasy, and Locked On Redskins to get you ready for Sunday. And if you're new to the show, Packer Report was created by Ray Nitschke back in 1972, and Packer Report members receive 10% discounts on gear through Fanatics, 10% discounts on tickets through Ticketmonster, and new and renewing annual members receive one year of Sports Illustrated. We usually do the Locked On Crossover podcast on Fridays, but that didn't pan out for this week, so a little bit of a different Friday show for you. Second down, Clay Matthews is back. Third down, the Redskins' pass rush is terrific. And fourth down, the Redskins' offense is really, really terrific. But first, it's first down, and it's the debut of Christian Michael. As I'm sure you know by now, the Packers claimed uh, Christian Michael off waivers from Seattle on Wednesday. And suddenly, the Packers might have an actual honest-to-God running game. Um, I'm not sure what's going to be happening this week, though. Michael took a red eye to Green Bay on Wednesday, got to Green Bay at about 9.45 on Thursday morning. Must have taken the world's fastest physical because he managed to be out there for the uh, 10.45 practice time. Um, running backs coach Ben Sermons says he doesn't know a whole lot about him. Remember, he remember he talking to Michael at the 2013 scouting combine, but otherwise doesn't know a whole lot about him. So rather than him going through Green Bay's plays, Michael ran the scout team. On Thursday, A, to get Michael acclimated a bit, but B, to help Sermons and company get a grasp on, on his skill set. So what did Sermons see? Here's what he said. Yesterday, we got to talk to the coaches yesterday. Sermons. I'll tell you what, I was really impressed with him. He's really quick. Got a lot of good, sudden movement. Seems to have good vision. I love the way he runs with a natural body lean, which gives him a better chance to get in and out of seams and break tackles. And you saw it today... In this one play we had in our half-line drill, he was trying to get through there, got hit, and was so low, put his hand back on the ground and maintained his balance. I mean, we watched it in there today, and all the other backs were, man, that's pretty good balance right there. He's got a pretty good skill set. I think he was leading Seattle in rushing. Um, yes, he was leading in Seattle in rushing. And, and clearly, clearly, I mean, let, let's, let's be honest here. You know, the, Seattle doesn't get rid of their leading rusher w- without a reason. Um, he, he wasn't a bad guy in Seattle, um, but you know he admitted that in his first go-round, he was, he was sometimes late to things and probably not as professional as he needed to be. Um, he's got problems in the passing game. I mean, the, the guy's averaging four and a half yards per catch this season, and heading into this season, he had two catches in his first three years. And I think he's got like 14 this year because he's had to been used a little bit more in that phase of the game, but 
for a Packers offense that likes their backs to be three-down players and and all that kind of jazz, his limitations in the passing game are a bit troublesome. But again, hey, this is the kind of player that you get for free, right? I mean, everybody, there are no all pros sitting out there on, on the waiver wire and the and street free agency. You get guys who are, or the guys who are available are available for a reason. I mean, I pointed that out, you know, talking about the Packers cornerback situation. And I'm all about sending someone there to fortify the depth. But, I mean, you have to, you have to at some point, you have to ignore the names on the jersey and, you know, and figure out, well, if he really was a good player, he'd be, you know, employed or wouldn't have been released. So, but again, you know, Green Bay for the last four games has had the uh, lowest rushing percentage of any team in the NFL. They badly need to get back to running the football and having some balance because, you know what, as much as Aaron Rodgers has thrown the ball lately, they haven't won any games, so what difference has it made? So, Rodgers' stats are great. The passing game stats are great. It's a whole bunch of fluff because they've just thrown the ball so many times, and they're not winning games. So, is Michael going to help on Sunday? I would think he'd play a little bit, but, I mean, certainly not a whole lot, but this is a, a move they can just stay afloat that maybe he can help push these guys into the playoffs. On a second down, and Clay Matthews is back. You know, at least barring a setback, he's back. But we'll see. Remember, he was supposed to play a couple weeks ago against the Colts, but did not. Um, the injury report from yet from yesterday, which gives a pretty good indicator of what's going to happen on Sunday. Left tackle David Bakhtiari, limited participation. He was out there with a knee brace. And if he plays on Sunday, God bless him, because he is not himself. Um, I talked to him while well, the whole uh, media horde gathered on Kristen Michael yesterday. I... Uh, Talk to David Bakhtiari for about six minutes. He's going to be featured in the world's best preview. And this is something I've talked to you guys about before. I have nothing but admiration for players who play hurt. And, you know, he, he, he admitted that he's potentially risking further injury by going out there, but he doesn't care. And, you know, we saw, we've seen it with TJ Lang in the past. You know, God bless these guys. And, you know, if Bakhtiari were, were to not play this week. I don't think anybody in the locker room would, would look at him badly. I mean, he's, I mean, he didn't look very good at practice yesterday. Just a little bit that we got to saw. I mean, maybe it's because the knee brace kind of gives him a different movement, but I mean, he's got to get used to wearing that. But he, he did not look like himself yesterday, but just the warrior mentality. And, and that was his word that he used a few times. It's it's the warrior mentality of, of offensive linemen. And he, you know, he says it's nothing special about him. It's just the way that position group is. So, He'll be featured in, in Sunday's World's Best Preview. Um, tight end Jared Cook on the good side. Full participation again. As much as there's being some cautious optimism from the from the coaches about his availability for Sunday, I, I would be staggered if he does not play. Uh, the aforementioned TJ Lang has not practiced this week at all. I would think he's hard-pressed to play this week. Uh, Clay Matthews limited again. Last two days he's been limited. He said they're just being smart with him. Um, and cornerback Demarius Randall and inside linebacker Jake Ryan did not participate for either of those guys the last two days. Um, I asked Coach Mike McCarthy on Thursday morning about Randall, what happened there, and he gave me some sort of nonsense answer, which I'm going to translate for you as Randall must have had a setback um, after practicing last week, so he's, he's probably not going to play, and Jake Ryan seems to be walking in the locker room okay, so I'm not exactly sure what the deal is with Ryan. Uh, hasn't practiced this week, which leaves only Joe Thomas and Blake Martinez at inside linebacker, which means if somebody gets hurt, 
Who plays? Um, last week, it would have been Morgan Burnett, defensive coordinator Dom Caper said. This week, it could be Clay Matthews. Um, but I, I would think because of Washington's pass-happy offense, I think maybe maybe Burnett's the way to go here. But <laughs> the way the way this season's gone, who the hell knows with injuries, right? But, but I mean, otherwise, there's always Carl Bradford sitting on the practice squad. Uh, we asked Clay Matthews about what it's been like to watch a three-game losing streak, which corresponds with his missing the last three games. Quote, it's difficult to watch, especially when you want to have a hand in whatever is going on out there, at least be part of those wins or losses as an accountable teammate. It's difficult to see. I mean, the good thing about it is we're only one game out of being the division leader. It starts this weekend. I'm sure we've been saying that for a while now. We've got a good team, a better team than we saw in the playoffs, and it's going to be a good test on primetime television. So now it's better than, better, than, better than ever to start with the win, get back in the win column, and start progressing in the second half of the season. And certainly they need Matthews in this game. Even as we've talked about, I think, I think every day of this week, the four games he's missed, they've allowed 34 and a half points. And again, that's not all on Clay Matthews, um, but it shows his impact. Um, you know, look, offenses respect him, and they and they plan accordingly, and that and that helps free up other guys. I mean, you've seen Nick Perry um, not be pretty much a non-factor pass rush wise the last few weeks, and you know also you know the Redskins are without their left tackle Trent Williams, who during his conference call with us on Wednesday when I asked him, Redskins coach Jay Gruden called Trent Williams the best offensive tackle in football. Now, he's not there, and you and, and as Clay Matthews said, he's not gonna. Not going to feel too sorry for the Redskins in that regard. So, you know, the return of Matthews in the absence of Williams, I, th- I think, is a certainly boosts Green Bay's offense or Green Bay's chances of pulling off an upset here on Sunday night. And that takes us to third down. That is some notes about Green Bay's offense against Washington's defense on Sunday. First, I want, I want, I want to get back to the old line stuff here. I don't know if Bakhtiari is going to play. I mean, I, th- I think the coaches have to take a close look at that film and see if he's able to be himself or if Jason Spriggs is the better option here. Um, Spriggs played relatively well at left tackle um, at, the en- at the end of that Tennessee game. Did get up a sack. But I think just having you know some playing time under his belt is going to help him out. But, I mean, clearly, if Bakhtiari can play at a good level, that's key. Beginning, and here's why. Washington, sixth in the NFL in sacks. They've got 17 and a half from their outside linebackers alone. Ryan Kerrigan, a tremendous veteran, has seven sacks. Trent Murphy, a powerful veteran who plays inside on passing downs, he's got seven sacks. And Preston Smith has three and a half, including a couple last week. They've got a lot of pass rushing weapons. And I mean, look, as much as Green Bay is going to want to go after Trent Williams' replacement, the Redskins are going to want to go after David Bakhtiari's replacement or test Bakhtiari's knee, however it is. And Washington's got a terrific pass rush. How do you mitigate that? Well, first, you know, also, I don't think T.J. Lang's going to play either, and, and that'll be Don Barclay's spot. You know, uh, offensive line coach James Campen thought Barclay play, played a pretty good game against Tennessee last week. Remember, Lang played, what, four snaps in that game before going down with that ankle injury. So, uh, you're, I mean, you're going in this game potentially with, with A, you're going in this game with, with two backups potentially starting. And if that happens, the only guy you have in reserve is is a sixth round pick, Kyle Murphy, who hasn't played at all this year. So, some trouble up front against Washington's strength of their defense. 
How do you mitigate that? Well, the screen game helps. And I'm surprised they haven't done more of that with Ty Montgomery, the last few one with Montgomery playing running back. James Starks is a really good screen player, and you saw that on that 13-yard touchdown against the Titans on Sunday, where Lane Taylor missed his guy, and Starks juked him basically at the point of attack and then ends up scoring. You know, I've had to say that over a Packer report, you know, a bunch of times. Maybe not on, on the podcast, though. Last year, James Starks led the NFL in yards per catch after the catch. The entire NFL, and it wasn't close. He averaged like 11 and a half yak per catch. And that was two yards. In fact, I was like, I don't have the numbers in front of me. But it was close to 2.1 yards. Better than any other player in the NFL. Better than any running back, any receiver, any tight end. He is a terrific guy out in space on that play. So the return of the screen game, I, I think, is key with, with the return of Starks here last week. And that'll help take the start shot that pass rush a bit. And you know what? If, if you can't run the ball too much, it kind of serves as a um, something of a substitute to the running plays. Here's what you got to watch out for for the Packers. Again, this, go, this goes to Starks, who fumbled too often last year, and goes to quarterback Aaron Rodgers, who's fumbled too often this year. He might be harassed by edge pressure on Sunday night. Since the start of the 2015 season, the Redskins have forced 31 fumbles. That is number one in the NFL. So that's, that's a key number to keep in mind, too, given kind of the state of things for, for Sunday night. And again, we, we talked about this last yesterday. Redskins do not have a very good defense. They're 18th in scoring, and basically in the 20s, uh, 22 and down in just every category, whether it's rushing for play, passing for play, red zone, third down, you name it. Not very good, but they do have Josh Norman who's the all-pro corner from the Panthers last year. Carolina franchised him briefly, yanked the franchise tag. Norman ends up signing with the Redskins. He's got one interception. He's, a, he's not a big interception guy. I mean, he's not like Richard Sherman from Seattle, where teams don't test Sherman, but he still gets interceptions. Well, teams don't test Norman too much, but he doesn't have interceptions. That's probably what separates him from, from the Shermans of the world. But a, a terrific lockdown player. And you wonder if he, whether he faces Jordy Nelson or Devonta Adams or, or he simply takes one side. Just how much Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is going to test Norman. I would say probably not much at all. You know, Rodgers is all about matchups. And I, look, there are, there are going to be better matchups than throwing the ball at Norman. So I, I would guess it's going to be a quiet game for Josh Norman. Uh, Mike McCarthy yesterday asked about Norman. He goes, excellent football player. I love his demeanor. I like the way he plays the game. He's long-armed. He's aggressive. He does a great job of playing with vision to the quarterback. And that's what the guys who can make plays on the ball do. Instinctive. I would say he's a grinder in the film room. It seems like his recognition and instincts is very high. So the Packers have a lot of challenges with a uh, one a, a pass-heavy attack. Look, if you can't run the ball, and you can't throw the ball on one side of the field, it doesn't seem like they're at a, uh, a recipe for a breakout game. On offense, but somehow, some way, these guys have got to figure it out before, frankly, before it's too late and we are running out of time, regardless of the state of the NFC North. And finally, fourth down, and that is Washington's offense. And this is a great group facing a, <laughs> a bad Packers defense. And, you know, again, maybe, maybe it's Matthews to the rescue here, but Washington averaging 407 or 0.8 yards per game. That is the best in franchise history. They've had 400 yards in three straight games. Um, and they've had 11 
since the start of the 2015 season. That's the second most in the league. It's a great offense led by a really, really good quarterback. Here's a stat for you. Washington, best three and out rate in the NFL. Nine in 97 drives. That's a three and out rate of 9.3%. And that just shows you that they're really good on third down. The quarterback is efficient. And, you know, what we haven't seen with the Packers too often is, you know, if there's nothing there immediately in the passing game, just take the check down. Throw it short. Because on first and ten, there's... Look, gaining three is better than gaining zero, isn't it? And that's what one of the things that uh, both Jay Gruden, the Redskins coach, and, and Packers defensive coordinator Dom Capers mentioned this week is he'll take what's there. And there's nothing wrong with second and seven. And there's nothing wrong with third and four. It's, you know, and the Packers had somewhere in the second and third and longs this year. It, it slowed them down. Um, yeah, speaking of Capers, here's what, here's what Capers said. About the offense as a whole, I mean, if, if you want to know about the Redskins' offense, Tom tells you everything here in about 150 words. The quarterback, I think, has a good feel for the offense. Gets the ball out of his hands quick. He hasn't taken many sacks. They've got a lot of skill, a lot of weapons. They're two tight ends as a combination. We've played against Vernon Davis, and he has the speed to go vertical. In my opinion, Jordan Reed, he's like playing against a big wide receiver. I mean, he's got really, really good skills in terms of running his routes. Jamison Crowder has turned into a really good slot guy for them. He's quick in and out of breaks. You can see his return ability in the run after the catch. Pierre Garçon is an experienced receiver. And you know Deshaun Jackson is one of the fastest receivers in the league. So he's got a lot of weapons. They kind of use tandem running backs. Chris Thompson is a really good receiver. And is probably a little bit more as an outside runner. And Rob Kelly is more of an inside runner. But they have been very efficient. And they have the big play potential potential, excuse me, where they can score from any place in the field. And the tight ends are a matchup problem. Like Green Bay, this is a pass-happy attack. They are um, toward the bottom in run percentage, which means they're, ha-ha, they're, t- they're toward the top in pass percentage. Boy, I'm good at math there, hey? Cousins averaging 303 passing yards per game. Going against the Packers defense has just been destroyed at times by quarterbacks, including by Marcus Mariota last week. Cousins number two in completions per game, fourth in 25-yard passes, fourth in yards per game, seventh in attempts per game, and tenth in yards per attempt. So he throws it a lot, and he's efficient doing it. And he's got weapons, too, as Capers alluded to. They've got six guys with more than 25 catches. Against the Bengals in London a couple weeks ago, Crowder, Reed, and Davis all top 90 receiving yards. So they've they got a lot, of, a lot of options to choose from. Cousins, great in the red zone. I mean, this is last week at the, the Mariota stat where he had, and I wish I knew off the top of my head, he was for his career, which is, what, a year and a half, he was a career of like 25 touchdowns and no picks in the red zone. Cousins, 40 touchdowns, two picks in the red zone. So he's a guy who's going to take what's there. and either He's either going to make a play or he's not going to screw things up, which is, you know, that's, that's good football right there. And if you're the Packers, after you got destroyed by Delaney Walker last week, facing two tight ends has just got to be a nightmare. And Jordan Reed is one of the best in the league. He went to Florida, the University of Florida, in hopes of becoming the next Tim Tebow. That didn't work, but he's a, you know, a 6'3", 245-pound guy. Among tight ends since the start of last year, he's second in catches, third in yards, first in touchdowns. And only Delaney Walker has more catches than Reed. And then like, like, you know, like we talked about in yesterday's podcast, 
I thought Vernon Davis was done. He had done nothing the last few years. He was getting up there in years, getting up there in age, excuse me. But you know, this year he leads the team in, in, in with about with a 14.6 yard average. He's still he's still a big play threat. Jay Gruden said that that the Vernon Davis of today runs faster than the Vernon Davis of you know 10 years ago, which I you know I find that hard to believe, but it, it's it speaks to his athleticism and and for a team to struggle against Walker last week, facing two big play tight ends, not good. So they get all that focus on the tight ends, and they run the ball well enough. I mean, Kelly and Thompson are over four and a half per carry. And that just opens up the big play stuff to Deshaun Jackson. And this is what the Packers are lacking. Since the start of the 2008 season, Jackson has 24 touchdowns of 50-plus yards. Jordy Nelson second on that list with 14. So Jackson 10, has 10 50-yard touchdowns more than any other play in the league. Man, that's good. And, you know, we were talking sacks on the other side of the ball earlier. Washington's given up 12, second fewest in the NFL. So you've got a Packers pass rush, which has struggled of late. And, again, that might be a Clay Matthews thing. But you've got a pass rush that's struggled of late. You're going to be without two of your top three corners again. And you're facing a team that protects the quarterback really well. Again, not a good combination for Green Bay. And I think the real X factor here of, of that unknown guy is Jamison Crowder. Now, you might know about him if you're a fantasy player and he's on your team or, or whatever, but he is a damn good player. He leads the team with 44 catches, 535 yards, five touchdowns, and also leads the NFL with 16.9 yards per punt return. Special teams Ron Coordinator... Ron Coordinator. <laughs> Special teams coordinator Ron Zook on Jamison Crowder. He may be the best we've seen this year. People say he doesn't have great speed, but to me, he's got really good speed in a short area. Play after play, you see him. People try to break down, and he just about breaks their ankles. And our guys understand that. We've got a cage of football, and we've got to cover. So that's going to be the, a matchup to watch. Is Can Green Bay handle all those middle targets? Davis, Walker, Crowder, all those middle-of-the-field targets, all while keeping Deshaun Jackson from those back-breaking touchdowns. A big, big challenge to a Green Bay defense, which has been struggling of late. And that will do it for this episode of Lockdown Packers. Thank you, as always, for listening. I truly appreciate it. You know, we're always looking for sponsors of this podcast. I forgot to mention that earlier. You can reach me about that or reach me about anything Packers-related at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the game on Sunday night, and I will talk to you bright and early on Monday or super late on Monday, depending depending on your point of view. Again, have a great weekend, everybody, and I will talk to you in a few days. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.